about 20 years ago, back in November of 2002, our next guest wrote his very first newspaper column, Condo Smarts. Just a couple of days ago, Tony Gioventu wrote his 1,000th Condo Smarts column in the Daily Bugle. Tony Gioventu is also the executive director of the Condominium Homeowners Association of BC, and he's joining us this morning from Ottawa, of all places. Tony, good morning. Good morning, Sterling. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. Congratulations on Condo Smarts column number 1000. That's quite an accomplishment. Uh, no kidding. And who would have thought we had so much content? But I guess with 34,000 condo corporations and strata corporations across the province, what can you expect? I should let our listeners know that Tony and I know each other. We've been uh, friends for a good long time. Uh, we met first on the airwaves of another network at least 10 years ago, Tony. You were already well into writing the column in those days. But one of the first comments you had for me as we were just sort of getting to know each other over a cup of coffee, and it, as I, I sort of asked, so what are, what are the basic rules here when it comes to condo living? And your first line to me, you looked me straight in the eye and said, rule number one, your home is not your castle. And that's a huge thing to wrap your head around if that's if you're not there yet, isn't it? Oh, no kidding. It, it really, um, it, it's a concept. Even in a, a bare land strata, which are basically detached homes on lots or townhouses, um, you have to be respectful and mindful of your neighbors and your lifestyle changes. And uh, so uh, as you look over those 1,000 columns, Tony, and a lot of them are in response to emails that uh, people have written you uh, at the paper or at the Condominium Homeowners Association or CHOA, as it's best known. Uh, and, and a lot of there, there's a lot of common denominators that come together over the years. What can you identify as over 20 years of, of dealing with strata realities and the people who live in strata complexes? What are the similarities, the, the common denominators you, you know about? Well, I think the most common dispute always sources around money. Um, it, there's never enough money or funding or planning within any of these strata corporations to contemplate the future liabilities that are coming up. And if you're in a high-rise building, you know you're going to be dealing with balcony railings and windows and elevators and, um, and mechanical systems. If you're in a townhouse complex, or a bare land strata, you're going to, in a townhouse, you're going to be dealing with building exteriors and re-roofing and all these components. And if you're in a bare land strata, someday you're probably going to be dealing with replacing your roadways and your in-ground infrastructure, like your sanitation. And the biggest problem for every one of these communities, and it's a huge challenge, is this competition to keep strata fees affordable. But at the same time, it results in a real lack of planning or funding for the future. So many of these communities are often in crisis with some disaster that suddenly faced them. So keeping the strata lots or keeping the strata fees low is, of course, an important component in selling a new building, for example, and a lot of these pre-sale things that go on. Well, the strata fees are only X per month. Oh, well, that's affordable. And and it's, it's kept deliberately low to make the package, the payment package, more attractive. But as you point out, it also reduces the ability of the strata council to react to anything with, with any kind of financial reality. Oh, no kidding. That's, that's where the, I think the seeds of, of the lack of financial planning 
and planning for renewals. I think those that's where they're planted. And you're right. The you know the developers, um, the buildings are already expensive as it is. So the developers are looking how to make this as affordable a package as possible. Sure. But you know, within the first year or two, um, most strata corporations suddenly start implementing all their service agreements and maintenance, um, janitorial and landscaping. A lot of things that within the first year might be included with the construction package. But after the first year, things start catching up. And you'll find that the strata fees increase by 30 to 50 percent within about a year or two. Mm. And if you're, and again, looking at today's home uh, realities, and you're in Ontario, and they're very similar, especially in the GTA, the Toronto area, as they are here in Metro Vancouver, you know well, uh, as prices are coming off a little bit, responding to increasing interest rates. So payments are still roughly in the same neighborhood, but the, the ask is a little lower. Will that make it easier for some strata communities to actually raise their fees a little bit to, be, to reflect the realities that they need to? I, I don't think so. I, mean, I think that the real challenge is, is that we have such a large building stock that's more than 10 years old that have really not started to plan for the future that even if they started today to think about what that roof is going to cost or the elevator or the hot water boilers um, or any of the upgrades they need to do in their building, uh, I think as we start looking to the future, we're going to start to see some pretty dramatic increases either in fees or a dramatic number of strata, strata corporations, buildings that are going to be in real trouble. And, you know, part of the, part of the real challenge is um, special levies. Um, the only time people vote against special levies is when they can't afford to pay the special levy. Sure. Um, and, and most of us, you know, re- realistically, most homeowners um, probably have, you know, a three-month, bu- um, you know, a little bit of a buffet that they can manage financially. But beyond that, what ends up happening is it isn't a, a, a strategy special levy isn't isn't a three-month call. It's more like a ten to fifteen to twenty thousand dollar call because things have been left so long. You know, we did a number of studies a few years ago on roofing, and it's the perfect, it's really the perfect example of this. If you wait till the roofing systems fail, and then you have to start urgently doing repairs, you will instantly add 30 plus percent Uh of the cost of the replacement of the roof. You know, that alone is just bad fiscal management. Um, It'd be great if they could just replace it at what the predicted cost was. Do a bit of planning. Start to get your contingency contributions up and start planning for those big major events. Um, I think it's sometimes it's so overwhelming for the communities. They can't make a decision. But pick what your next major event is going to be for renewals. And roofing, decks, balconies, water system replacement, elevators, those are the big ticket items. Pick the one that's coming next and start funding for at least half of it if you can get there. It will, it will ensure that you'll get the support of the owners. The owners will be aware of what's happening, but it will also make sure that it's not such a financial burden on everybody. Indeed. There is the voice of experience, 20 years of writing the Condo Smarts columnist, Tony Javento, Executive Director of the Condominium Homeowners Association of BC. You can find him online at choa, C-H-O-A dot C-A. Tony, congratulations on a thousand and enjoy your vacation in Ontario. We'll talk again when you're back on the coast. I'm back in a week. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, All right. There's Tony Javento, the Condo Smarts guy.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.